this is James Lindsay, and you are listening to New Discourses Bullets. I give in these a short bullet point style summary of a single topic that I think you need to understand. I try to keep it tight. And so we're going to dive right in yet again and talk about queer theory. What is queer theory? Um, I'm going to give maybe a little bit of a non-standard presentation as I tend to do, but I want you to understand kind of straightforwardly what it is. Queer theory, I think, should be called queer Marxism. It is a Marxist theory of the normal, but we'll come back to that. It is, uh, in fact, a theory that was born out of sex-positive radical feminism uh, combined with postmodern and post-structural analyses of categories and ideas and meaning uh, in the 1980s going into the 1990s. The first paper in queer theory is considered to be Gail Rubin's Thinking Sex from 1984 on the New Discourses podcast. I did a three-podcast series reading through the entirety of that paper, so you can go check that out. Look her up, G-A-Y-L-E Rubin, R-U-B-I-N, Gail Rubin. And so you can check that out, Thinking Sex 1984. Uh, The term queer theory got applied to this emerging new feminist discourse or new feminist analysis, if we want to call it that, in either 91 or 93 by Teresa de Laurentiis. I'd have to look up which year it was. But it was an emerging field through the middle part of the 1980s going into the early part of the 1990s. What it has to be understood as, no other way to put it, as it it, it is a theory that exists in order to oppose the normal anything being normal, anything being considered normal. It, in fact, wages war on the normal, and it centers that war through identity politics through defining what you would call an oppositional identity. Uh, In the words of David Halperin, in a, a leading queer theorist, as a matter of fact, one of the most influential, in a book he wrote in 1995 called Saint Foucault, referring to Michel Foucault and the influence of his work, he describes this in terms of homosexuality, but he brings the loop around to the word queer uh, to describe what he means. And what he says is that queer is an identity without an essence. In other words, it's an identity that resists an essence. It is an identity that is oppositional to any stable identity. In other words, it is an identity that is at war with the normal. Here's what Halperin writes in St. Foucault in 1995. He says, in order to reverse the discourses of contemporary homophobia, it is not enough to attempt to simply it is not enough to attempt simply to reclaim and transvalue homosexuality. The most radical reversal of homophobic discourses consists not in asserting with the gay liberation front of 1968 that gay is good, on analogy with black is beautiful, but in assuming and empowering a marginal positionality not in rehabilitating an already demarcated, if devalued, identity, but in taking advantage of the purely oppositional location homosexuality has been made to occupy by the logic of the supplement and by the phantasmic character of homophobic discourse. So, what is he saying? He says we're going to occupy the position, he's for homosexuality, but it ends in queer, we're going to occupy the position of queerness as a holy oppositional, marginal positionality and empower it as such, as that we're going to empower it as that which opposes. That's what he says. The, by taking advantage, he says, of the purely oppositional location. And then it's not their fault that homosexuality has been made to occupy. And they're going to do so by the logic of the supplement. In other words, 
heterosexual and homosexual are supplementary ideas. You can't understand one without the other. That's a central claim in queer theory that I don't know if it's even true. The homosexual, in scare quotes, he says, quote, the homosexual constituted by that discourse is, as we have seen, an impossibly contradictory creature, not a natural reality, but a phantasmic projection. See, you're not born that way. You're when you're uh, politically queer or the homosexual, you are not a natural reality, but a phantasmic projection, an incoherent construction that functions to stabilize and to consolidate the cultural meaning of heterosexuality by encapsulating everything that is other than or different from it. So the homosexual is everything not heterosexual. And so uh, he's claiming that the homosexual or the queer, it's always the queer, this is what queer theory is all about, is a incoherent construction that functions to stabilize and consolidate the cultural meaning of its opposite, heterosexuality. And it does that. It encapsulizes, encapsulates and, sta- and stabilizes heterosexuality by being everything else. Queer is everything that is other or different from heterosexuality. The homosexual, he says, is defined by negation and opposition as everything the heterosexual is not. In other words, he's saying, what is homosexual or what is queer? Not heterosexual. Everything not heterosexual. In short, quote, the homosexual is an identity without an essence. So that's where that famous line comes from. To shift the position of the, the quote, homosexual from that of object to subject, hey, look, it's a Marxist theory, is therefore to make available to lesbians and gay men a new kind of sexual identity, one characterized by its lack of clear definitional content. The homosexual subject can now claim an identity without an essence. To do so is to reverse the logic of the supplement and to make use of the vacancy left by the evacuation of the contradictory and incoherent definitional content of, quote, the homosexual, in order to take up instead a position that that is, and always had been, defined wholly relationally by its distance to and difference from the normative. In other words, it's that which is thrown out of what is considered normative. It is in opposition to the normal. Homosexual identity can now be constituted not substantively, but oppositionally, not by what it is, but by where it is and how it operates. In other words, outside of the normal. Those who knowingly occupy, and this is the key for queer politics and queer theory, or aka queer Marxism, those who knowingly occupy such a marginal location, who assume a de-essentialized identity that is purely positional, meaning excluded from normal, that is purely positional in character, are properly speaking not gay, but, and in italics, queer. That's what queer theory is. It is the absolute opposition to rejection of and Marxist critique of by the existence of something outside of it and uh, positionally opposition to it in opposition to it, uh, the normal. So this is a neo-Marxist theory of normalcy. You have people who have given themselves the privilege of designating themselves normal. They've created a kind of cultural property called normalcy that gives them certain benefits and privileges in society, and they exclude the abnormals or the queer. And then when it comes down to sexuality, everybody who's not heterosexual. When it comes to gender, 
everybody who is outside of what they have made up and termed cisgender. In other words, so your non-binaries, your gender fluid, your gender queer, your trans, all outside, those are all queer. So there's a war, a, a stratification of society between people who designated themselves normal and the people they designate as abnormal or queer or freaks or perverts. And that's upheld by cis heteronormativity and norms and expectations or normativity around the idea of sex, gender, sexuality. Also health status, mental health status included. In other words, there is a theory that society is, was structured by people who gave themselves access to being normal. They declared themselves normal, said we get to be normal and nobody else is normal. And they created a structure of how society operates, an operating principle for society that structures the, the, the privileged versus the oppressed in that circumstance. Well, technically it privileges some of them and they maintain their privilege. They have to oppress everybody else in an act of often not even uh, intentional, but sometimes intentional oppression of all things not normal so as to exclude and marginalize them and by making them queer. So queer theory exists to seize the meaning of the word queer, put positive identification in it in the act of opposing the normal itself. What makes queer a positive is that it challenges anything being normal. It is it does its activism by what it calls queering, which is done by complicating something. For another, in other words, what is a woman? We don't know what a woman is because sometimes men are women now under trans ideology. Therefore, the concept of woman is complicated, and it takes a queer theorist to be able to tell when somebody is truly a woman whether they happen to be biologically male or female. What this does, what queering or complicating does as the form of uh, challenging the hierarchy of normalcy that queer theory exists to challenge is it erases the meaning of the categories, whether it's man and woman, whether it's gay and straight, etc., by opposing any potential conceptual solidity of them. This fits in a broader picture. It's not just Marxist, but neo-Marxist of what neo-Marxism is all about, because neo-Marxism is in general a war against stability. That's what the neo-Marxists realized in the 60s. Economic stability prevented the working class from coming together and having a revolution. So since there's no revolution coming from stable people, when we shift into identity politics, into the, the excluded minorities of race, sex, gender, sexuality, and so on, the outsiders and whatever that Herbert Marcuse was talking about in the 60s as the shift to a new proletariat, we're now going to wage against stability in terms of everything else, in terms of identity. So you're going to use sex and gender and sexuality and health statuses, including mental health status, as tools to break down stability. That's the point of a critical theory, is to make sure the people infected by it are not stable. In other words, that they're mentally ill. This is what Herbert Marcuse means in an essay on liberation from 1969 by having the new idea sink down into the level of the very biology in the first chapter, which he titles Biological Foundation for Socialism. So queer theory is a war on individual, personal, psychological, social, and familial stability to create queer activists who are opposed to any such stability, uh, I would say on principle, but it's not even quite on principle. It's more like by negative definition. Um, anything that might give them personal or individual or psychological or social or familial stability, including their faith, access to their family, the history of their culture, knowing who they are, having a stable sense of person, all of that has to be obliterated and challenged and constantly complicated or queered by queer theory. And that's what queer theory exists to do. 
That's what queer theory is. It is a neo-Marxist or Marxist theory against normalcy as a form of cultural property that, like Karl Marx said in the Communist Manifesto about private property, must be abolished. And it abolishes it through conceptually watering down categories so that they lose their meaning. They lose any conceptual solidity. You can't understand what they actually are anymore. So that we can't answer questions like, what is a woman? Because some men are women. We can't answer a question like, what is straight? Because sometimes maybe straight people have sex with somebody of the same sex, but they still consider themselves straight. And so it requires a queer theorist as a power broker to step in and tell you when is somebody's personal claim about being a man or a woman or straight or gay or whatever authentic and in line with the theory that opposes the normal as a fundamental program. Its goal then is to introduce queer ideas and queer living, not LGBTQ identities, not stable ones, certainly. It opposes stable identities, even of lesbians and gays and bisexuals, which it calls establishing homonormativity, which it is against. It is against ideas like marriage equality, which normalize homosexuality. It is against ideas like passing or straight passing or whatever, because they normalize homosexuality. It allows homosexuals to be normal people as opposed to queer activists who are actively tearing down not just categories by which they might understand themselves in the world, but also themselves psychologically, socially, familially and anything that might give them stability in society. That's an identity without an essence. That's an identity of pure opposition. I don't mean to sound religious in one of these things describing this, but I think that's literally the objective of Satan in the biblical uh, Christian perspective. And so when I have said in the past that queer theory opens the gates to hell, I quite literally mean that as far as I can, given where I sit. So now you know what queer theory is. It's a disaster. It's a catastrophe. It's far more dangerous than critical race theory, far more dangerous than critical race theory. It's more dangerous even than classical Marxism. It's causing the rampant psychological and physical mutilation of our mental and emotional mutilation of children in large numbers in our society who are being sucked into or groomed into this ideology by people who claim that it's about increasing their empathy for LGBT people, but indeed are selling it as a means to get them to experiment with and eventually live queerly in a cult of gender, sex, sexuality, and health and mental health status identities that are outside of the stable, outside of the normal. And it does so because those people become perfect activists who tear down the existing society so that there can be room for a new one where somebody else, namely somebody who's in charge of these theories, gets to have the power and be in charge. <laughs>